We were bored and alone with COVID at play. Nothing to do with our lives through the day. Then we decided to put on a play. Let's try braving the bard. Here's what you missed in part one of Braving the Bards, Julius Caesar. Rome celebrated the triumphant return of Caesar and her victory in Pompeii. Caesar decides to throw a parade where she comes across a soothsayer who tells her to beware the Ides of March, which she ignores. Meanwhile, Cassius attempts to convince Brutus to join their conspiracy to kill and overthrow Caesar. While Brutus admits that Caesar is abusing her power, she is reluctant to kill her. They both later hear from Casca that Mark Antony has offered Caesar the crown three times and that each time she denied it, with the crowd applauding her for doing so. On the eve of the Ides of March, the conspirators meet and eventually convince Brutus to join their cause. Brutus believes she is doing the right thing, thinking that Caesar should be killed to prevent her from doing anything against the people of Rome if she were ever to be crowned. After ignoring the soothsayer and her own wife's premonitions, Caesar goes to the Senate, there, the conspirators approach her with a fake petition, expecting her to predictably reject it. The conspirators then assassinate Caesar and make clear that this murder was really committed for the good of Rome. Mark Antony then arrives and requests to speak to the people in Caesar's honor, which Brutus allows. Mark Antony then convinces the crowd that Caesar was wrongfully murdered. The people turn and start to wreak havoc as Mark Antony then receives word that Octavius Caesar will be arriving soon. Keep listening to find out what happens next. Then follow me and give me audience, friends. Cassius, go you into the other street and part the numbers. Those that will hear me speak, let them stay here. Those that will follow Cassius, go with them, and public reasons shall be rendered of Caesar's death. I will hear Brutus speak. I will hear Cassius, and compare their reasonings when severally we hear them rendered. Be patient till the last. Romans, countrymen, and lovers, Hear me for my cause, and be silent that you may hear. Believe me for mine honor, and have respect to mine honor that you may believe. Censure me in your wisdom, and awake your senses that you may the better judge. If there be in any in this assembly any dear friend of Caesar's, to her I say that Brutus's love to Caesar was no less than theirs. If then that friend demand why Brutus rose against Caesar, this is my answer. Not that I loved Caesar less, but that I loved Rome more. Had you rather Caesar were living and die all slaves than that Caesar were dead to live all freemen? As Caesar loved me, I weep for her. As she was fortunate, I rejoice at it. As she was valiant, I honor her. But as she was ambitious, I slew her. There is tears for her love, joy for her fortune, honor for her valor, and death for her ambition. 
Who is here so base that would be a bondman? If any speak, for whom have I offended? Who is here so rude that would not be a Roman? If any speak, for whom have I offended? Who is here so vile that will not love their country? If any speak, for whom have I offended? I pause for a reply. None, Brutus, none. Then none have I offended. I have done no more to Caesar than you shall do to Brutus. The question of her death is enrolled in the capital, her glory not exenuated wherein she was worthy, nor her offenses enforced for which she suffered death. Here comes her body, mourned by Mark Antony, who, though they had no hand in her death, shall receive the benefit of her dying, a place in the commonwealth, as which of you shall not. With this I depart, that, as I slew my best lover for the good of Rome, I have the same dagger for myself when it shall please my country to need my death. Live, Brutus, live, live! Bring her with triumph home unto her house! Give her a statue with his ancestors! Caesar's better part shall be crowned in Brutus. We'll bring her to their house with shouts and clamors. My countrymen... Peace! Silence! Brutus speaks! Peace! Ho! Good countrymen, let me depart alone and for my sake stay here with Antony. Do grace to Caesar's corpse, and grace their speech tending to Caesar's glories, which Mark Antony, by our permission, is allowed to make. I do entreat you not a man to part, save I alone till Antony have spoke. Shh, stay, ho, and let us hear Mark Antony. We will we'll hear, hear them. them. Noble Antony, go up. For Brutus' sake, I am beholding to you. Twere best they speak no harm of Brutus here. Oh, this Caesar was a tyrant. Peace. Let us hear what Antony can say. You gentle Romans. Peace, let us hear them. Peace, ho! Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise her. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is oft interred with their bones. So let it be with Caesar. The noble Brutus hath told you Caesar was ambitious. If it were so, it was a grievous fault, and grievously hath Caesar answered it. Here, under leave of Brutus and the rest, for Brutus is an honorable woman, so are they all, all honorable men, come I to speak in Caesar's funeral. She was my friend, faithful and just to me, but Brutus says she was ambitious, and Brutus is an honorable woman. She hath brought many captives home to Rome, whose ransoms did the general coffers fill. Did this in Caesar seem ambitious? When that the poor have cried, Caesar hath wept, ambition should be made of sterner stuff. Yet Brutus says, she was ambitious, and Brutus is an honorable woman. You all did see that on the Lupercal I thrice presented her a kingly crown, which she did thrice refuse. Was this ambition? Yet Brutus says she was ambitious, and sure she is an honorable woman. I speak not to disprove what Brutus spoke, but here I am to speak what I do know. You all did love her once, not without cause. What cause withholds you then to mourn for her? O oh, judgment, thou art fled to brutish beasts, and men have lost their reason. Bear with me. 
my heart is in the coffin there with Caesar, that I must pause till it come back to me. Methinks there is much reason in their saying. If thou consider rightly of the matter, Caesar has had great wrong. Marked you their words? She would not take the crown, therefore tis certain she was not ambitious. If it be found so, some will dear abide it. Poor soul, their eyes are red as fire with weeping. Now mark then, they begin to speak again. But yesterday the word of Caesar might have stood against the world. Now lies she there, and none so poor to do her reverence. O oh, masters, if I were disposed to stir your hearts and minds to mutiny and rage, I should do Brutus wrong, and Cassius wrong, who you all know are honorable men. I will not do them wrong. I rather choose to wrong the dead, to wrong myself and you, than I will wrong such honorable men. But here's a parchment, with the seal of Caesar. I found it in her closet. Tis her will. Let but the commons hear this testament, which, pardon me, I do not mean to read. Then they would go and kiss dead Caesar's wounds, and dip their napkins in her sacred blood. Yea, beg a hair of her for memory, and dying, mention it within their wills, bequeathing it as a rich legacy unto their issue. We'll hear the will. Read it, Mark Antony. Yes, 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 the will, the will! We will hear Caesar's will! Have patience, gentle friends. I must not read it. It is not me to you know how Caesar loved you. You are not wood, you are not stones, but men. And being men, hearing the will of Caesar, it will inflame you, it will make you mad. Tis good you know not that you are her heirs. For if you should, oh, what should come of it? Read the will, we'll hear it, Antony. Will you be patient? Will you stay a while? I have o'ershot myself to tell you of it. I fear I wrong the honorable men whose daggers have stabbed Caesar. I do fear it. They were traitors. Honorable men. The will! The testament! They were villains! Murderers! The will! Read the will! You will compel me, then, to read the will? Then make a ring about the corpse of Caesar, and let me show you her that made the will. Shall I descend, and will you give me leave? Come down! Come down! Descend! Stand from the hearse. Stand from the body. Room! Room for Antony! Most noble Antony! Nay, press not so upon me. Stand far off. Stand back! Room! Bear back! If you have tears, prepare to shed them now! You all do know this mantle. I remember the first time ever Caesar put it on. It was on a summer's evening in her tent that day she overcame the Nervier. Look, in this place ran Cassius' dagger through. See what a rent the envious Casca made. Through this the well-beloved Brutus stabbed, and as she plucked her cursed steel away, mark how the blood of Caesar followed it, as rushing out of doors to be resolved if Brutus so unkindly knocked or no. For Brutus, as you know, was Caesar's angel. Judge, oh you gods, how dearly Caesar loved her! This was the most unkindest cut of all, for when the noble Caesar saw her stab, ingratitude, more strong than traitor's arms, quite vanquished her. Then burst her mighty heart, and in her mantle puffing up her face, even at the base of Pompey's statue, which all the while ran blood, great Caesar fell. 
Oh, what a fall was there, my countrymen! Then I, and you, and all of us fell down, whilst bloody treason flourished over us. Oh, now you weep, and I perceive you feel the dint of pity. These are gracious drops. Kind souls, what? Weep you when you but behold our Caesar's vesture wounded? Look you here. Here is herself, marred as you see with traitors. Oh, piteous spectacle. Oh, noble Caesar! Oh, traitors, villains. Oh, most bloody sight. We will be revenged! Revenge, seek fire. Let not a traitor live. Stay, countrymen. Peace there. Hear the noble Antony. We'll hear him! We'll follow him! We'll die with him! Good friends, sweet friends, let me not stir you up to such a sudden flood of mutiny. They that have done this deed are honorable. What private griefs they have, alas, I know not, that made them do it. They are wise and honorable, and will no doubt with reasons answer you. I come not, friends, to steal away your hearts. I am no orator, as Brutus is, but as you know me all, a plain, blunt man that love my friend, and that they know full well that gave me public leave to speak of her. For I have neither wit, nor words, nor worth, action, nor utterance, nor the power of speech to stir men's blood. I only speak right on. I tell you that which you yourselves do know, show you sweet Caesar's wounds. Poor, poor dumb mouths, and bid them speak for me. But were I Brutus, and Brutus Antony, there were an Antony would ruffle up your spirits, and put a tongue in every wound of Caesar that should move the stones of Rome to rise in mutiny. We'll, we'll mutiny! mutiny! Oh, we'll mutiny! We'll burn the house of Brutus! You hear me, countrymen, let hear me speak. Peace ho, hear Antony, most noble Antony. Why, friends, you go to do you know not what. Wherein hath Caesar thus deserved your loves? Alas, you know not. I must tell you then, you have forgot the will I told you of. Most true. The will. Let's stay and hear the will. Here is the will, and under Caesar's seal. To every Roman citizen she gives, to every several man, seventy-five drachmas. Oh, most noble Caesar! We'll revenge her death! Tear me with patience. Peace! Who? Moreover, she hath left you all her walks, her private arbors, and new planted orchards on this side Tiber. She hath left them you, and to your heirs forever, common pleasures to walk abroad and recreate yourselves. Here was a Caesar. When comes such another? Never! Never! Come away! Away! We'll burn her body in the holy place, and with the brands fire the traitor's houses! Take up the body. Go fetch fire! Pluck down forms, windows, anything! Now let it work. Mischief thou art afoot. Take thou what course thou wilt. How now, fellow? Sir, Octavius is already come to Rome. Where is she? She and Lepidus are at Caesar's house. And thither will I straight to visit her. She comes upon a wish. 
Fortune is merry, and in this mood will give us anything. I heard hers say Brutus and Cassius are rid like madmen through the gates of Rome. But like they had some notice of the people how I had moved them. Bring me to Octavius. These many, then, shall die. Their names are pricked. Your brother, too, must die. Consent to you, Lepidus. I do consent. Prick him down, Antony. He shall not live. Look, with a spot I damn him. But, Lepidus, go you to Caesar's house. Fetch the will hither, and we shall determine how to cut off some charge and legacy. What shall I find you here? Or here. Or at the capital. This is a slight, unmeritable one. Meet to be sent on errands. Is it fit, the threefold world divided, she should stand one of the three to share it? So you thought her, and took her voice, who should be pricked to die in our black sentence and prescription. Octavius, I have seen more days than you, and though we lay these honors on this woman to ease ourselves of diverse slanderous loads, she shall but bear them as the ass bears gold, to groan and sweat under the business, either led or driven as we point the way, and having brought our treasure where we will, then take we down her load and turn her off like to the empty ass to shake her ears and graze in common. You made you your will, but she's a tried and valiant soldier. So is my horse, Octavius, and for that I do appoint her store of provender. It is a creature that I teach to fight, to win, to stop, to run directly on, her corporal motion governed by my spirit, and in some taste is Lepidus but so. She must be taught and trained and bid go forth, a barren-spirited fellow, one that feeds on objects, arts, and imitations which, out of use and staled by other men, begin her fashion. Do not talk of her but as a property. And now, Octavius, listen great things. Brutus and Cassius are levying powers. We must straight make head. Therefore let our alliance be combined, our best friends made, our means stretched, and let us presently go sit and counsel how covert matters may be best disclosed and open peril's surest answer. Let us do so, for we are at the stake and bait about with many enemies, and some that smile have in their hearts, I fear, millions of mischiefs. Stand ho. Give the word, ho, and stand. What now, Lucilius? Is Cassius near? They are at hand. And Pindarus is come to do you salutation from their master. They greet me well. Your master, Pindarus, in their own change or by ill officers, hath given me some worthy cause to wish things done undone. But if he be at hand, I shall be satisfied. I do not doubt that my noble master will appear such as they are, full of regard and honor. They are not doubted. A word, Lucilius. How they receive you, let me be resolved. With courtesy and with respect enough but not with such familiar instances, nor with such free and friendly conference as they have used of old. Thou hast described a hot friend cooling. Ever note, Lucilius, when love begins to sicken and decay, it useth an enforced ceremony. There are no tricks in plain and simple faith, but hollow men, like horses hot at hand, make gallant show and promise of their mettle. But when they should endure the bloody spur, they fall their crests and, like deceitful jades, sink in the trial. Comes his army on? They mean this night in Sardis to be quartered. The greater part, the horse in general, are come with Cassius. 
Hark, they have arrived. March gently on to meet them. Most noble friend, you have done me wrong. Judge me, you gods. Wrong I, mine enemies? And if not so, how should I wrong a friend? Brutus, this sober form of yours hides wrongs, and when you do them... Cassius, be content. Speak your grief softly, I do know you well. Before the eyes of both our armies here, which should perceive nothing but love from us, let us not wrangle. Bid them move away. Then, in my tent, Cassius, enlarge your griefs, and I will give you audience. Pindarus, bid our commanders lead their charges off a little from this ground. Lucius, do you the like, and let no man come to our tent till we have done our conference. Let Lucilius and Titinius guard our door. That you have wronged me doth appear in this. You have condemned and noted Lucius Pella for taking bribes here of the Sardians, where in my letters, praying on his side because I knew the man was slighted off. You wronged yourself to write in such a case. In such a time as this, it is not meet that every nice offense should bear their comment. Let me tell you, Cassius, you yourself are much condemned to have an itching palm to sell and mark your offices for gold to undeservers. I, an itching palm. You know that you are Brutus that speaks this, or by the gods this speech were else your last. The name of Cassius honors this corruption, and chastisement doth therefore hide their head. Chastisement? Remember March? The Ides of March, remember, did not great Julius bleed for justice' sake? What villain touched her body that did stab, and not for justice? What shall one of us that struck the foremost man of all this world but for supporting robbers, shall we now contaminate our fingers with base bribes and sell the mighty space of our large honors for so much trash as may be grasped thus? I had rather be a dog and bay at the moon than such a Roman. Brutus, bait not me. I'll not endure it. You forget yourself to hedge me in. I am a soldier. I, older in practice, abler than yourself to make conditions. <laughs> Go to, you are not, Cassius. I am. I say you are not. Urge me no more. I shall forget myself. Have mind upon your health. Tempt me no farther. Oh, away, slight man. Is it possible? Hear me, for I will speak. Must I give way and room to your rash collar? Shall I be frighted when a madman stares? Oh, you gods, you gods, must I endure all this? All this? Aye, more. Fret till your proud heart break. Go show your slaves how caloric you are and make your bondmen tremble. Must I budge? Must I observe you? Must I stand and crouch under your testy humor? By the gods, you shall digest the venom of your spleen, though it do split you. For from this day forth, I'll use you for my mirth, yea, for my laughter when you are waspish. Is it come to this? You say you are a better soldier. Let it appear so. Make your vaunting true, and it shall please me well. For mine own part, I shall be glad to learn of noble men. You wrong me every way. You wrong me, Brutus. I said an elder soldier, not a better. Did I say better? If you did, I care not. When Caesar lived, she durst not thus have moved me. Peace, peace, you durst not so have tempted her. I durst not. No. What? Durst not tempt her? For your life you durst not. Do not presume too much upon my love. I may do that I shall be sorry for. You have done that you should be sorry for. 
There is no terror, Cassius, in your threats, for I am armed so strong in honesty that they pass me by as the idle wind, which I respect not. I did send to you for certain sums of gold, which you denied me, for I can raise no money by vile means. By heaven, I had rather coin my heart and drop my blood for drachmas than to wring from the hard hands of peasants their vile trash by any indirection. I did send to you for gold to pay my legions, which you denied me. Was that done like Cassius? Should I have answered Caius Cassius so? When Marcus Brutus grows so covetous to lock such rascal counters from their friends, be ready, gods, with all your thunderbolts, dash them to pieces. I denied you not. You did. I did not. She was but a fool that brought my answer back. Brutus hath rived my heart. A friend should bear his friend's infirmities, but Brutus makes mine greater than they are. I do not till you practice them on me. You love me not. I do not like your faults. A friendly eye could never see such faults. The flatterers would not, though they do appear as huge as high Olympus. Come, Antony and young Octavius, come. Revenge yourselves alone on Cassius, for Cassius is a weary of the world. Hated by the one they love, braved by their brother, checked like a bondman, all their faults observed, set in a notebook, learned and conned by rote to cast into my teeth. Oh, I could weep my spirit from mine eyes. There is my dagger. And here, my naked breast, within a heart dearer than Pluto's mine, richer than gold. If that thou beest a Roman, take it forth. I that denied thee gold will give my heart. Strike as thou didst at Caesar, for I know when thou didst hate them worst, thou lovest them better than ever thou lovest Cassius. Sheath your dagger. Be angry when you will, it shall have scope. Do what you will, dishonor shall be humor. Cassius, you are yoked with a lamb that carries anger as the flint bears fire, who, much enforced, shows a hasty spark and straight is cold again. Hath Cassius lived to be but mirth and laughter to their Brutus, when grief and blood ill-tempered vexeth them? When I spoke that, I was ill-tempered too. Do you confess so much? Give me your hand. And my heart, too. Oh, Brutus. What's the matter? Have not you love enough to bear with me when that rash humor which my mother gave me makes me forgetful? Yes, Cassius. And from henceforth, when you are over-earnest with your Brutus, they'll think your mother chides and leave you so. I did not think you could have been so angry. Oh, Cassius, I am sick of many griefs. Of your philosophy, you make no use if you give place to accidental evils. No man bears sorrow better. Portia is dead. Portia? She is dead. How escaped I killing when I crossed you so? Oh, insupportable and touching loss! Upon what sickness? Impatient of my absence and grief that young Octavius with Bark Antony have made themselves so strong, for with her death that tidings came, with this she fell distract and her attendants absent, swallowed fire. And died so. Even so. Oh, you immortal gods, 
speak no more of her. Give me a bowl of wine. In this I bury all unkindness, Cassius. My heart is thirsty for that noble pledge. I cannot drink too much of Brutus's love. Now sit we close about this taper here and call in question our necessities. Portia, art thou gone? No more, I pray you. I have as much of this in art as you, but yet my nature could not bear it so. Well, to our work alive. What do you think of marching to Philippi presently? I do not think it good. Your reason? This it is. Tis better that the enemy seek us. So shall they waste their means, weary their soldiers, doing themselves offense, whilst we, lying still, are full of rest, defense, and nimbleness. Good reasons must of force give place to better. The people twixt Philippi on this ground do stand but in a forced affection, for they have grudged us contribution. The enemy, marching along by them, by them, shall make a fuller number up, come on refreshed, new added and encouraged, from which advantage shall we cut them off, if at Philippi we do face them there, these people at our back. Hear me, good friend. Under your pardon. You must note besides that we have tried the utmost of our friends. Our legions are brimful. Our cause is ripe. The enemy increaseth every day. We, at the height, are ready to decline. There is a tide in the affairs of men which, taken at the flood, leads on to fortune. Amidded, all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. On such a full sea that are we now afloat, and we must take the current when it serves or lose our ventures. Then with your will go on. We'll along ourselves and meet them at Philippi. The deep of night is crept upon our talk, and nature must obey necessity, which we will negard with a little rest. There is no more to say. No more. Good night. Early tomorrow will we rise in hence. A farewell, good Masala. Good night, Titinius. Noble, noble Cassius. Good night and good repose. Oh, my dear friend, this was an ill beginning of the night. Never comes such division between our souls. Let it not, Brutus. Good night, my lord. Farewell, everyone. Poor knave, I blame thee not. Thou art o'erwatched. Call Claudius and some other of my men. I'll have them sleep on cushions in my tent. I pray you, sirs, lie in my tent and sleep. It may be I shall raise you by and by on business to my friend Cassius. It was well done, and thou shalt sleep again. I will not hold thee long. If I do live, I will be good to thee. This is a sleepy tune. Oh, murderous slumber, I'll take it from thee, and good boy, good night. Let me see, let me see. Is not the leaf turned down where I left reading? Ah, here it is, I think. How ill this taper burns. Ha! Who comes here? I think it is the weakness of mine eyes that shapes this monstrous apparition. It comes upon me. Art thou anything? Art thou some god, some angel, or some devil that makest my blood cold and my hair to stare? Speak to me what thou art. Thy evil spirit, Brutus. Why comest thou? To tell thee thou shalt see me at Philippi. Well, then I shall see thee again. I at Philippi. Why, I will see thee at Philippi, then. Huh. Now I have taken heart, thou vanishest. 
El Spirit, I would hold more talk with thee. Boy, Lucius, Varro, Claudius, sirs, awake. Claudius. Now, Antony, our hopes are answered. You said the enemy would not come down, but keep the hills and upper regions. It proves not so. Their battles are at hand. They mean to warn us at Philippi here, answering before we do demand of them. Tut, I am in their bosoms, and I know wherefore they do it. They could be content to visit other places, and come down with fearful bravery, thinking by this face to fasten in our thoughts that they have courage. But tis not so. Octavius, lead your battle softly on upon the left hand of the even field. Upon the right hand, I. Keep thou the left. Why do you cross me in this exigent? I do not cross you, but I will do so. They stand and would have parley. Stand fast, Titanius. We must out and talk. Mark Antony, shall we give sign of battle? No, Caesar, we will answer on their charge. Make forth. The generals would have some words. Stir not until the signal. Words before blows. Is it so, countrymen? Not that we love words better, as you do. Good words are better than bad strokes, Octavius. In your bad strokes, Brutus, you give good words. Witness the hole you made in Caesar's heart, crying, Long live! Hail, Caesar! <laughs> Antony... The posture of your blows are yet unknown, but for your words they rob the Hibla bees and leave them honeyless. Not stingless, too. Oh, yes, and soundless, too, for you have stolen their buzzing, Antony, and very wisely threat before you sting. Villains, you did not so when your vile daggers hacked one another in the sides of Caesar. You showed your teeth like apes and fawned like hounds and bowed like bondmen kissing Caesar's feet whilst damned Casca, like a cur behind, struck Caesar on the neck. Oh, you flatterers! Flatterers? Now, Brutus, thank yourself. This tongue had not offended so today if Cassius might have ruled. Come, come, the cause. If arguing make us sweat, the proof of it will turn to redder drops. Look, I draw a sword against conspirators. When think you that the sword goes up again? Never. Till Caesar's three and thirty wounds be well avenged, or till another Caesar have added slaughter to the sword of traitors. Caesar, thou canst not die by traitors' hands unless thou bringest them with thee. So I hope. I was not born to die on Brutus' sword. Oh, if thou wert the noblest of thy strain, young man, thou couldst not die more honorable. A peevish schoolboy, worthless of such honor, joined with a masker and a reveler. Old Cassius still. <laughs> Come, Antony, away. Defiance, traitors, hurl we in your teeth. If you dare fight today, come to the field. If not, when you have stomachs. Why now? Blow wind, swell billow, and swim bark. The storm is up, and all is on the hazard. Masala. What says my general? Masala, this is my birthday, as this the very day was Cassius born. 
Give me thy hand, Masala. Be thou my witness that against my will, as Pompey was, am I compelled to set upon one battle all our liberties. You know that I held Epicurus strong and his opinion. Now I change my mind, and partly credit things that do presage. Coming from Sardis, on our former ensign, two mighty eagles fell, and there they perched, gorging and feeding from our soldiers' hands, who to Philippi here consorted us. This morning are they fled away and gone, and in their steads do ravens, crows, and kites fly o'er our heads and downward look on us as if we were sickly prey. Their shadows seem a canopy most fatal, under which our army lies, ready to give up the ghost. Believe not so. I but believe it partly, for I am fresh of spirit and resolve to meet all perils very constantly. Even so, Lucilius. Now, most noble Brutus, the gods today stand friendly that we may, lovers in peace, lead on our days to age. But since the affairs of men rest still uncertain, let's reason with the worst that may befall. If we do lose this battle, then is this the very last time we shall speak together? What are you then determined to do? Even by the rule of that philosophy, by which I did blame Cato for the death which she did give herself, I know not how, but I do find it cowardly and vile for fear of what might fall so to prevent the time of life, arming myself with patience to stay the providence of some high powers that govern us below. Then if we lose this battle, you are contented to be led in triumph through the streets of Rome. No, Cassius, no. Think not, thou noble Roman, that ever Brutus will go bound to Rome. They bear us too great a mind. But this same day must end that work the Ides of March begun, and whether we shall meet again I know not. Therefore our everlasting farewell take. Forever and forever farewell, Cassius. If we do meet again, why, we shall smile. If not, why, then, this parting was well made. Forever and forever farewell, Brutus. If we do meet again, we'll smile indeed. If not, tis true this parting was well made. Why then lead on? Oh, that one might know the end of this day's business ere it come. But it sufficeth that the day will end, and then the end is known. Come ho, away! Look, Titanius, look, the villains fly! Myself have to mine own turned enemy. This onsign here of mine was turning back. I slew the coward and did take it from them. Oh, Cassius, Brutus gave the word too early, who, having some advantage on Octavius, took it too eagerly. Her soldiers fell to spoil, whilst we by Antony are all enclosed. Fly further off, my lord! Fly further off! Mark Antony is in your tents, my lord. Fly, therefore, noble Cassius, fly far off. This hill is far enough. Look, look, Titanius, are those my tents where I perceive the fire? They are, my lord. Titanius, if thou lovest me, mount thou my horse and hide thy spurs in them till he have brought thee up to yonder troops and here again, that I may rest assured whether yon troops are friend or enemy. I will be here again, even with the thought. Go, Pandarus, get higher on that hill. My sight was ever thick. Regard, Titanius, and tell me what thou knowst about the field. 
This day I breathed first. Time is come round, and where I did begin, there shall I end. My life has run its compass. Sirrah, what news? Oh, my lord! What news? Titinius is enclosed round about with horsemen that make to them on the spur. Yet they spur on. Now they are almost on them. Now, Titinius! And now some light. Oh, they light too. Thirteen. And hark, they shout for joy. Come down. Behold no more. O coward, that I am to live so long to see my best friend tame before my face. Come hither, Sirrah. In Parthia did I take thee prisoner, and then I swore thee, saving of thy life, that whatsoever I did bid thee do, thou shouldst attempt it. Come now, keep thine oath. Now be a freeman, and with this good sword that ran through Caesar's bowels, search this bosom. Stand not to answer. Here, take thou the hilts, and when my face is covered, as tis now, guide thou the sword. Caesar, thou art revenged, even with the sword that killed thee. So I am free, yet would not so have been, durst I have done my will. O Cassius! Far from this country, Pindarus will run where never a Roman shall take note of them. It is but changed, Titinius, for Octavius is overthrown by noble Brutus's power, as Cassius's legions are by Antony. These tidings will well comfort Cassius. Where did you leave them? All disconsolate with Pindarus, their bondmen on this hill. Is not that they that lie upon the ground? They lie not like the living. Is not that they? Oh, my heart! No, this was they, Masala. But Cassius is no more. O setting sun, as in thy red rays thou dost sink tonight, so in their red blood Cassius' day is set. The sun of Rome is set, our day is gone, clouds, dews, and dangers come, our deeds are done. Mistrust of my success hath done this deed. Mistrust of good success hath done this deed. O hateful error, melancholy's child, why dost thou show to the apt thoughts of men the things that are not? O error so soon conceived, thou never comest unto a happy birth, but killst the mother that engendered thee. What? Pindarus! Where art thou, Pindarus? Seek her, Titinius, whilst I go meet the noble Brutus, thrusting this report into their ears. I must say thrusting it, for piercing steel and darts and venomed shall be as welcome to the ears of Brutus as the tidings of this sight. Hi you, Masala, and I will seek for Pindarus the while. Why didst thou send me forth, brave Cassius? Did I not meet thy friends, and did not they put on my brows this wreath of victory and bid me give it thee? Didst thou not hear their shouts? Alas, thou hast misconstrued everything. But hold thee, take this garland on thy brow. Thy Brutus bid me give it thee, and I will do their bidding. Brutus, come apace, and see how I regarded Caius Cassius. By your leave, gods, this is a Roman's part. Come, Cassius' sword, and find Titinius' heart.
Yet countrymen, oh, yet hold up your heads. What bastard doth not? Who will go with me? I will proclaim my name about the field. I am the spawn of Marcus Cato. Ho! A foe to tyrants and my country's friend. I am the spawn of Marcus Cato. Ho! Oh, young and noble Cato, art thou down? Why, now thou diest as bravely as Titinius, and mayest be honored being Cato's. Yield, or thou diest. Only I yield to die. There is so much that thou wilt kill me straight, kill Brutus, and be honored in her death. We must not, a noble prisoner. Room, ho, tell Antony Brutus is tame. I'll tell the news. Here comes the general. Brutus is tame. Brutus is tame, my lord. Where is she? Safe, Antony. Brutus is safe enough. I dare assure thee that no enemy shall ever take alive the noble Brutus. The gods defend her from so great a shame. When you do find her, or alive or dead, she will be found like Brutus. Like herself. This is not Brutus, friend, but I assure you a prize no less in worth. Keep this one safe. Give her all kindness. I had rather have such men my friends than enemies. Go on and see where Brutus be alive or dead, and bring us word unto Octavius's tent how everything is chanced. Come, poor remains of friends, rest on this rock. Statilius showed the torchlight, but my lord, she came not back. She is ortain or slain. Sit thee down, Clytus. Slaying is the word. It is a deed in fashion. Hark thee, Clytus. What, I, my lord? No! Not for all the world! Peace, then, no words. I'll rather kill myself. Why this, Clytus? The ghost of Caesar hath appeared to me two several times by night, at Sardis once, and this last night here in Philippi Fields. I know my hour is come. Not so, my lord. Nay, I am sure it is, Clytus. Thou seest the world, Clytus, how it goes. Our enemies have beat us to the pit. It is more worthy to leap in ourselves than tarry till they push us. Good Clytus, thou knowest that we two went to school together, even for that our love of old I prithee. Hold thou my sword hilts while I run on it. That's not an office for a friend, my lord. Fly! Fly, my lord! There is no tarrying here! Farewell to you, Clytus. Farewell to thee too, Strato. Countrymen, my heart doth joy that yet in all my life I found no one but they be true to me. I shall have glory by this losing day, more than Octavius and Mark Antony, by this vile conquest shall attain unto. So fare you well at once, for Brutus's tongue hath almost ended their life's history. Night hangs upon mine eyes, my bones would rest, that have but labored to attain this hour. I pray thee, Strato, stay thou by thy lord. Thou art a fellow of a good respect, thy life hath some smatch of honor in it. Hold, then, my sword, and turn away thy face while I do run upon it. Wilt thou, Strato? Caesar, now be still. 
I kill not thee with half so good a will. What man is that? My master's. Strato, where is thy master? Free from the bondage you are in, Masala. The conquerors can but make fire of her, for Brutus only overcame herself, and no one else hath honor by her death. All that served Brutus, I will entertain them. Fellow, wilt thou bestow thy time with me? Aye, if Masala will prefer me to you. Do so, good Masala. How died my master, Strato? I held the sword, and she did run on it. Octavius, then take her to follow thee, that did the latest service to my master. This was the noblest Roman of them all. All the conspirators, save only she, did that they did in envy of great Caesar. She, only in a general honest thought and common good to all, made one of them. Her life was gentle, and the elements so mixed in them that nature might stand up and say to all the world, This was a man. According to her virtue, let us use her with all respect and rites of burial. Within my tent her bones tonight shall lie, most like a soldier, ordered honorably. So, call the field to rest and let's away, to part the glories of this happy day. <laughs> <laughs>